of through faith colored lenses meow, meow, meow. um sorry <laughs> anyways um welcome back uh this is my voice live this is not a an, an old episode though um that's not altogether a terrible idea because i get lazy i don't feel like doing stuff and i have a bunch of other episodes that i can just bring to you guys because they were all good things right and so i hope you guys have i hope you guys have been enjoying that um because there's going to be more of it. So, uh, yeah, until the well is dry. I got a lot of old episodes from another podcast that um, had good content. And um, you know me. I'm uh, indecisive and full of anxiety. And so I go back and forth between things. Um, a normal day for me is uh, 50-50. Really 50% um, saying I'm done with everything. And then 50% saying, yeah, I'll try something else again one more time. So, you know, I go back and forth. But alas, here we are. So um, this is going to be a new series. And uh, I'm going to just knock one out today, tonight, and I might just post it tonight um, being the 16th. That means nothing to you because it's probably not the 16th when you're listening to this. So <sighs> anyways, um, glad to be back, guys. We're going to be doing what I will call the drunken therapy session series. Um, I may or may not be drunk, but um, I definitely will be doing a therapy session. It's mostly just because I really like to hear myself talk. Um, and I think that I have a bunch of advice that people probably need to hear. Um, that aside, uh, I will also start tonight, um, a new segment I like to call, what would you do? I think I talked about this before. I might've actually even done it, but, um, yeah, tonight's the first night we're going to do it. And, uh, so, um, this, uh, well, so to kick it off, um, I'll tell you what just happened because I was going to open up with like a just a random scenario and I was gonna hope that it just like came to my mind um, but uh, that's not how um, the night played out <laughs> so as I'm recording I'm looking out the window I'm sitting right next to the, the office that I'm in is just you know next to a really big window in my um, uh, uh, what is it complex apartment complex so I'm in like a u-shaped complex um, I'm the bottom of the u and so I can see you know basically left and right um actually that's not true oh my god that's not true i'm not the bottom i'm i'm the top right anyways sorry forgive me i'm <laughs> tripping because uh, what just happened was a little bit crazy so i'm looking out the window um and i see you know police lights which isn't uncommon um i actually thought that it was a uh, like a you know salt truck or snow plow because it's i'm in alaska obviously it's snowing out here um and so you know they often come out and they plow so that's what I thought was going down. Um, turns out there are police lights, so I look out, see police, um, and there's uh, just another person driving um, pretty slowly um, around the, you know, the, the the complex. And so again, it's U-shaped, and so um, and you got about like a good fifty to sixty, maybe a hundred feet um, on each, you know, each like turn. And so the person wasn't driving really fast at all. Um, and so the cop behind them, I'm just thinking that they're like trying to get somewhere. But then I see, uh, so like, you know, I get up and just see what the lights are about. Um, see that person turn the corner and I see the cop go behind them. That person starts to speed up a little bit. I'm like, oh shoot, this is a, this is a chase. 
Um, that person turns the last leg of that U. Um, and I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a chase. And then, you know, at the corner of my eye, I see um, about like three or four more police cars, a couple trucks or SUVs rather. Um, and I'm like, oh, oh my God. Uh, and then I realize that this person is boxed in. Um, so I like, I'm freaking out, right? Like, I'm like, this is never, this has never happened before. So close to me, um, like a, it's not a high speed chase, but it is a chase nonetheless. And, um, you know, I see the person in the car, um, and looks to be a young person. Um, and so, you know, he turns around the corner and I'm like, this dude's going to slide into like the snow bank and he's going to stall out. Cause he's in a small little, you know, probably a front wheel drive car. Um, you know, just not good for anything. Um, and so, you know, I see the cop behind him, he's getting close, I'm thinking he's about to pit him, and then I see another SUV come out from seemingly out of nowhere, rams the side of this guy's car into um, basically the middle area. So um, in the middle of this U-shape is just a giant square where, and you know, generally there's like flour and dirt and stuff, but now it's just a bunch of packed in snow. So, um, you know, the guy gets stuck in there. Um, I see another guy in the passenger seat, like a bunch of stuff is happening at this moment. I'm trying to record it. Um, but I'm also like afraid, right? The first thing that comes to my mind is, um, I, I don't know why this person's running, but like people don't normally run, right? Like you always see that in like Florida and cause in Ohio, cause those are terrible places. Um, I, I kid if you're from there, but, um, I'm being serious though. <laughs> so like, you don't see like that stuff doesn't normally happen to, to us, right? We only see it, see it on TV. Um, but you know, so like, I'm like, if this person's running, uh, what I do know is that um, Alaska is um, a very druggy, well, mostly alcohol, like heavy area, especially where I'm at now. Um, and it's mostly because of the homeless population. So like it's there's it's not like it's not immediately dangerous. It's just homeless people just liking to drink. Um, and it's all like a very strong focused demographic. I'm not going to say which because I don't want to come off as racist. But when you see homeless population, you really only see one like race being represented. And so, um, that was the person driving the car. And then that was also the person in the passenger seat. And so I'm like, I think that they got, you know, weapons or drugs or something like that. Cause there's like a crap ton of cops out here. Um, you know, guns drawn at this point, lasers pointing at the car, um, floodlights on, um, like it, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, and so I'm like, yo, this is about to, the last cop is finally leaving. I think, Oh, nope. He just left with a guy in the back seat. Like they were here this entire time. Um, dude's face looks swollen and anyways, sorry, I'm commenting as it's still happening. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'm like, yo, I need to get away from the window. Cause like if, if like if someone shoots, you know, my window, my dog broke out of this window. And so like half of the blinds are missing so they can see clearly into the window. And I'm just fully aware of that for no reason. Right. Like I have, I'm not a threat. There's no reason for me to be afraid, but I was, I just don't want any bullets to fly into the window. Um, and so they're, they're rolling out now. Um, so sorry, I'm kind of distracted, but, uh, and so, um, yeah, I'm like, man, it's, this is, this is nuts. Um, so I, uh, I was just thinking, uh, what would you, what would you guys do in that situation? You know, I see, I kind of looked outside. I saw a bunch of people in the windows, a lot of people outside. Um, so many people just focused on that, that event, right? It was probably just equally as crazy for everybody. Um, but I was, you know, just curious, like, what would you do if you were in that situation? More importantly, there was another person that was like outside kind of just stuck in it, you know, cause they were just unlucky enough or maybe too nosy, um, and drove in kind of seemingly into the middle of it. And so, um, what would you do if you were that person 
that was like caught in this like how do you get out of that you know because the thing that i would think about is like man there's a like a lot of cops out here the trigger happy you know one wrong move and like everybody's guns are drawn on you and you ain't even have anything to do about it you know deal with it and so um what would you do okay that's the segment um but like i said we're gonna be talking uh this is the therapy session so um yeah i'll see you guys inside it's gonna be a good episode i believe and uh let's get into it welcome welcome back guys thank you so much for sticking around after the break um all right so uh, i know that was a lengthy intro but uh you know it's been a while and that was a really good story and it was a crazy awesome event that happened so i'm glad i could share that um all right so like i said this series is going to be called i don't know how many like i said this series is going to be called the drunken therapy episode um, the drunken part is obvious, um, but the therapy part is because I, I, you know, these are things that I've dealt with in my life, and I feel like it's good advice just to give to you if you're interested in listening. Um, it's very helpful, uh, and it, it's a great conversation starter, uh, and it's something that should trigger uh, some stuff in you that might have been dead, you know, hoping to bring some stuff inside of you alive. And so uh, this episode is going to be called Better Luck Dead. Um, so that was kind of counter what I just said, <laughs> I realized, but, uh, you know, why I'm not making sense right now. So, um, better luck dead, right? Uh, this, this episode is just mostly about things that, uh, are better left in the past, just left to die, to rot, to, to no longer follow you in a 2021. Um, so here's why I got to that, right? I had a conversation with a, a lovely young lady yesterday. Um, and we were, um, talking about, uh, just like, I, I had asked a question. It was like, what is, wh- what are things, um, that interest you? You know, uh, we, we are surrounded by people that, um, have very, uh, like a varied myriad of interests. Um, and you know, they just, everyone's into everything today, you know? And I was like, so what, what like hold your, int- well, what do you enjoy doing? Um, because most people that I talk to, which just outdoors things and that's boring to me you know what I mean like that answer is just so boring um and and like not that it's bad like it's good I you know doing outdoors things is cool but I'm just like I'm tired of hearing that answer because everybody can't like doing the same thing you know what I mean so I was just looking for somebody that had a different answer uh she did and so um but we talked about things that like limit people. Um, cause I'd ask, I'm like, man, you had a really quick answer for that. And he was like, well, you know, some people just overthink some things like we're weighed down. Like the conversation got really heavy. Um, but or not, not heavy, just deep. It got deep really quickly. And so, um, but what, I, what came of that was just this realization, um, that people are still holding on to things, um, that, that really shouldn't be following them around, um, especially as adults. And, and I think one kind of thing that is unhealthy about that is that we're surrounded by people. I have a friend actually that does this um, and I get why people do it, but you know, they're, it's almost like enabling, you know, we're like, let's normalize. I don't know if, if you're on Twitter or um, mostly Twitter, um, it's probably on Instagram and other websites and junk, but uh, you know, the, I hear the phrase, let's normalize, you know, insert whatever it is here, you know? So um, like for instance, people will say, let's normalize allowing people to feel hurt, you know, and that's not something I disagree with. I I agree, but that let's normalize, it became like a movement, you know? And so many people are saying, let's normalize, um, you know, people expressing their, you know, whatever it is, just things that are really not healthy. Um, 
and so what I, what I got to thinking about is like, man, we're like the the culture today is I think kind of broken. Um, and this is an unpopular opinion, but I have good reason for everything that I feel and believe. Um, and I and like I I'm all for self expression. You know, I'm all for letting people be who they are and to do what they do. But at some point, this like widespread acceptance can't be ignorance of um, unhealthy traits, you know, and toxic, you know, habits and practices and beliefs. Um, if somebody's holding on to something uh, for way too long, you know, there's a lot of people that'll just be like, well, just let, just normalize people holding on to things, you know, it's normalize people, you know, being afraid to let go because that's the last time they felt joy or comfort or happiness or whatever it is. And, um, and that was actually a specific, um, instance. I just don't remember how it was worded, but that person was essentially saying, you know, people grow in their own time. So if they're holding on to something, it's probably because that's the only thing that they can feel like comfort or acceptance from. And, and there was this huge, big debate. And I was like, well, that's dumb though. Like wh while you're sitting there trying to, you know, not ruffle that person's feathers or not like push the envelope any further, what you could be doing is finding a, like a, a softer way to gently push that person outside of their comfort zone, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's understandable that you're holding on to this thing for a reason, but also on the other side of that thing that you're holding on to was freedom and the joy and the peace that you're actually really looking for and that you're being fooled into thinking that you have right now by holding on to that thing. And so the first thing that I believe that we need to let go of or let die in 2020, sorry, that was a whole long backstory about why I wanted to talk about this, but um, the reason, uh, or so, that, sorry, the first thing that I think that we need to let go of and let die in 2020 is our fears, um, and primarily our fears of, um, so for me, it's fears of inadequacy, and uh, whatever your fear is, think of whatever that fear is that is, that is limiting you, that is holding you back, that has been um, creeping into your thoughts that affects your uh, the way that you think and process and, and the decisions that you make, um, whatever that fear is, it's time to address it and then let it go, let it die. So, sorry, not let it go. It's time to kill it. You know, let's this this should not be called um, letting. I don't even remember what I said it was going to be called, but it shouldn't be called that. It should be called killing things. <laughs> let's call this episode the therapy session hyphen killing things. Um, anyways mine is so there's a there's a quote um and i don't remember who it's by um but it basically goes um, my deepest fears is not that we're inadequate but that we're powerful beyond measure um and um i always thought that that was just such baloney i was like yo my deepest fear is 100 percent that i'm inadequate right like i'm um uh, who said that is it marion williamson i don't think that she said that um anyways uh I you know, oh Nelson Mandela, it, it, if you guys know who said that quote, our deepest fear is is not that we're inadequate, but that we're powerful beyond measure. Let me know who said that. Um, if there's a comment box, leave it there um, on Anchor. You know, i iTunes, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Um, leave your boy a comment, like this podcast, subscribe, all that good stuff, guys. Like I really love um, getting my voice out to other people and I'm, I really love challenging people and inspiring communication healthily. Um, I don't know if healthily is a word, but inspiring communication healthily nonetheless. Um, and, uh, and yeah, hope, helping people um, introspect, if that's, if, is it introspective verb? Um, I, I love helping people look inwardly 
and have these challenging communications, you know, with uh, with their family, their loved ones, or even with themselves. So um, do that for me. Um, thank you so much. Anyways, back to the regularly scheduled program. Um, I my, my biggest fear has always been that I'm inadequate. And by that, uh, I mean... Um, you know, I was afraid that w- what if I won't be able to provide, you know, for someone? What if I won't be able to um, b- uh, be dependable, you know, like I like I want to be, you know, as a man, I, I want to be sorry, just drop my phone. Um, <laughs> stupid. I want to be dependable. Um, I want to be able to provide, you know, I want to be able to be emotionally secure I don't want, you know, I this anxiety and depression and stuff that I'm feeling. Now I realize I got ADD too. Um, not, not ADD too, but ADD also. Um, like, these are things that I just would rather not have. You know, like, I don't want it, but that's who I am. Those things affect who I'm going to be in the future. And it, whether I want to or not, it's going to affect it. I can control how. Um, but it's going to be a part of who I am, um, you know, unless there's some cure that fixes it, but that doesn't exist. So, um, you know, we, we move on and we live. Uh, what I can't do though, is allow those fears in 2021 or actually from today moving forward as I kind of let the, I can't allow those things, um, to, to dictate, you know, my, my life anymore, uh, number of reasons why I don't need to go into why it's not healthy. You guys know why. So, so let's kind of just skip that and go into the how, right? Um, anyone who's had a fear that was almost crippling in nature that has held them back from life opportunities and, you know, advancement opportunities and just anything that can progress their lives. If you've had a fear that has held you back from any of those things, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so here's how we start to get rid of that, right? Because the, oh, sorry, I was saying something. So if you've ever had those, then you, you've probably heard some level of, well, it's time to kick that fear, right? Like people, oh my God, pastors love to say that. Pastors love to tell us to just like get rid of our fears. Um, but only in psychology, you know, and like being in psychology and being in um, like working in the recovery field, working with teenagers and, you know, being in school, did I learn the, the, the how, right? Like, yeah, I know fear isn't healthy. Um, well, there's a healthy type of fear, but um, crippling fear that, that holds us back, fear that has change, an- chains anchored into the ground. Um, those types of fears are unhealthy. And so if, um, if, I don't l- if I don't kill those things, then um, my life will be always how it is, right? And I just needed to know how do I get rid of this fear because fear is, I'm not going to go into the science of how fear like, you know, affects the brain and how the brain likes, um, what's the word, uh, how the, how the brain, um, conjures up this fear and, you know, the most inopportune moments. Um, I'm not going to get into that science, but you should just know that generally, um, a, a fear that you have learned or otherwise, um, isn't something that you just choose to feel, right? So like a fear response, um, like if your amygdala like has this like fear response, that's basically out of your hands. It happens innately, right? It's because it's something that's drilled into like your soul. And so when you have these fear responses, not all the time, is it something that you can control, right? And so when it, when we talk about getting rid of fears, it's not just, all right, I just won't be afraid of it anymore, right? Like 
consider a dog. Um, consider something that a dog is afraid of. You know, and and the last time you, your your dog was afraid of a noise, right? You you can't just put that dog near that noise and say no, right? Like the dog won't be like, all right, bet. <laughs> just like not be afraid of it anymore. It's still going to be afraid, right? There's a process um, in getting rid of fear, right? Like everything is a process. So you might be asking at this point, DJ Chocolate Thunder. Oh, you guys don't know that's my nickname. Um, so you might be asking Brian, um, you've talked enough. Tell me how to get rid of this fear. Okay, audience, I hear you. Harsh, but I get it. Um, the way is... First, um, the same way that fear is kind of like a brain um, response, uh, you have to start fighting it in the brain, right? So, but what I mean is, um, or, sorry, maybe I should actually add to that, not only brain, but your heart, your mind, your soul, everything. And you have to hate what that fear is doing to you. You have to truly hate it. Here's why I'm saying that, um, because... A lot of people, and if you're like me, you have some level of self-loathing um, just kind of in you. And, um, and and what that means is sometimes you kind of, you like that. You know, you like the feeling of that fear. You like the feeling of of the pity that you feel or, or maybe even the pity that you get, right? So let me tell you what self-loathing means um, just so that you, I can give you like kind of a better picture. It's basically extreme criticism of yourself. Um, you may feel like, you know, there's nothing that you do um, that is like good or um, it's, you know, it's just a pity party. You're wallowing in this pity party. And in some level, that's giving you feelings that you've never had before. And be, so you kind of connect to that. Right. And so sometimes we get comfortable in our fear. You know, we get we get comfortable with the almost it's almost like a reverse psychology where um, and it just. Tell me if I'm speaking for myself, but I, I'm willing to bet I'm not the only one who's done this in the past where um, we will almost like make ourselves even lower. You know, we'll pity, pity ourselves almost harder on purpose because subconsciously, we'll, you know, we're thinking, well, if I am harder on myself, then maybe, you know, the 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 tides will turn in my favor the the stars will align the, the clouds will part the sun will shine on me and you know and something good will just drop into my lap if i beat myself up enough it's not going to happen that way i promise you you have to hate the way that that fear has surfaced in your life you have to hate what it's doing to you you have to to hate the the opportunities and the joy that that fear has stolen from you and that's just that's step one um once you've hated that thing, you've started to rework your brain's response to fear, right? So if your brain is now looking at that fear response, not as something that you're comfortable with, but something that you truly despise and hate, it's going to start to say, well, we need to do something about this because I don't like this, right? And so um, one effect of stress, I can't remember the name for any of these things that I'm about to describe, but something that stress does is it activates something in our mind that makes us seek connection to other people. Um, because fear creates stress. One of the symptoms of fear is stress, deep stress. And so um, what will start to happen is that the stress um, response will start to trigger. And um, inwardly, you'll find, man, I really need to connect with other people. You know, and this isn't like a it, it just happens, right? Like we we're, we're made as spiritual beings. God created us to be spiritual and um, emotional beings that are that are connected and stronger when we're connected to other people. Um, and a lot of people say, I don't need, I can be by myself. Yeah, people can be by themselves, but no one can be alone forever. Like you literally go crazy if you're just uh, secluded and isolated. 
um, for from everyone for a certain amount of time if you don't get human interaction we start to dehumanize um, all of these are things that I may or may not post links to to tell you why I'm saying them but just for the interest of time just take my word for it so um, <laughs> anyways I um, you know w we need to be around people and what will happen is that you'll start to seek out people and you'll start to seek connection to other people and um, and that's just another way that you'll start to break off these things of fear right um, and not only is communication uh, or sorry connection with other people healthy healthy but it will um, start to you know the the kind of by extension you'll meet people that can kind of speak against that fear and that's the third thing that you'll need to do is have have countering effects right so um, fear tells lies we know that fear lies to you and says you know well, you're not gonna be so for me um, you know you're never gonna be in a position where you can support yourself you know n much less another person or family um, you'll never be able to own your own things you'll never be able to make it on your own you know you'll always need somebody by your side and um, and that's what fear has told me my entire life and um, what did I do I started focusing on that thing right I don't want to not do this I don't want to be this I don't want to do all these things and I'm focusing on what I don't want and what I'm afraid of and 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 that's what's surfacing in my life right the minute I focus on what I do want and and what I aim to achieve and be and go um, those are the things that I'll start to manifest in my life right um, so when and I'll, I'll just kind of make this even uh, simpler uh, the psychology of it all is so take someone that's um, overweight for instance right this person wants to lose weight they want to go on a diet um, generally the way that people handle diets is they say I can't eat this right I can't have this I can't um, you know I can't eat past this certain amount of time or you know whatever it is I can only have this I can only do this I can only do that and they're always focusing on the negative aspect of their goals right so my goal is to lose weight so I can't do this instead of my goal is to lose weight so I should do this or I need to do this I need to have this right and so if you're constantly saying I can't I can't I can't whatever the item is or the subject is attached to that can't is the thing that you're ultimately going to be drawn to again right again the brain doesn't really focus on can't right that word is like a sub root word or whatever um, it's called I don't know what it's called and so when you're you know you put a like I subject then pro whatever the next subject of word is I don't know what it is um, can't and then you know whatever the thing is it's all it's only going to take in consideration the subject and the the ending which is food right so I food and and so you're gonna continuously think about that you're at work you're out with friends you know you're walking around you're taking the drive you know you might smell Burger King or you know you might see an ad and your only thought is I really want that you know what I mean but then you're gonna continuously say well I can't I can't I can't and eventually you're gonna break all right because that's not how the brain works the brain is supposed to be focusing on something that it does want versus something that you don't want it to have um, because we're again we're we're weak humans you know by nature um, we that's why we are the way we are now is because something was placed in front of us and said I can't have it and they're like but I want it right <laughs> because you said I can't um, that's who we are um, so you have to understand how your brain and your body works um, so when it comes to fear don't say that I can't be this or I don't want to do this or I'm afraid I won't be this tell yourself what you do want you know every day those people that are around you have them speak life into you have them tell you what you're gonna be and not what you shouldn't be doing um, 
it, it just it, everything that you're doing from and on a daily basis has to be reworked. You have to do a complete 180 and and change your language, change your habits, change your beliefs, change your intake. Intake meaning, um, what have you been listening to? Um, radio, music, uh, TV, podcasts. If these things aren't feeding the healthy side of your brain, then it's maybe time to 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 switch them around, right? Um, your intake in terms of um, who you're letting speak into your life, uh, the things that you're eating. Um, if you don't start to make changes, then things will stay the same. If and and I heard this before in the sermon, it was if you want things to, or, or so sorry he he was basically this was at the tail end of the sermon and he was like to let yourself know that everything in your life has just changed i want you to go home and change around everything just to let yourself know that you are no longer the person that you came in as excuse me and i thought that was just so incredible right like it's, it's silly to some people but he was like when you go home like change your furniture around and you know like put a new coat of paint on the walls and you know hang your clothes up somewhere else and you know just like rearrange everything you know put the cereal box you know in the cabinet instead of on the refrigerator he was like everything is going to be different from here on out and he was being silly but the purpose behind that is um if we allow things to stay the way that they are but we're always wanting things inwardly to be different um what are the odds that they actually will be, right? If you don't make changes, things will not change. It's so profound, I know, but that's just the way that that works, right? So um, understand right now, guys, that I am not practicing what I preach. So if you don't listen to me, I understand, but trust me, this is good stuff. <laughs> so um, we gotta kill that fear, you know, the fear that holds us back, the fear that binds us, the fear that chains us to um, inadequacy, essentially. Um, and it's funny that my fear of inadequacy is leading me to be inadequate instead of fueling me to be better. You know what I mean? That's why that's so important to rework your mind and, and neuroplasticity is huge. I've talked to you about that before, but the concept that your brain can be retaught and you can hack it to learn new things and practice new habits and focus on different things in the world. I am 100% in control of those processes. Um, so the next thing that we need to let die is broken hopes, broken failures, broken dreams. Um, and this might be somewhat attached to fear, but uh, what I mean by that is um, it's it's different in nature, you know? So um, there was once this little kid named um, Brian and uh, he was, uh, he had this dream to be a youth pastor. Um, I question why I had that dream, but I think most of it and 99% of it was because that's who I was made to be by God. Um, but there was a percentage of me, one, mathematically, <laughs> exact, um, that was thinking that I had that dream because I was just afraid to accomplish anything else, you know, and I was like, well, shoot, shouldn't be that hard, right? Like, what are the credentials to be a youth pastor, a youth leader, right? It shouldn't be that hard. And um, I had no idea what that what it would cost me um but you know so i got older um just went through life grew up had different experiences different beliefs different um yeah experiences i've already said that but um and what happened is that dream slowly faded away and i made that dream with a buddy of mine who kind of pulled me out of the state that i was in and and you know kind of brought me onto his level um he won't be named um, he's not listening though, but uh, he just won't be named. Um, cause somebody might know him. Um, but you know, he was a brother of mine in high school. You know, he started off as enemies, um, became friends. He, you know, got serious about his Christianity and, and, uh, kind of just pulled me up onto that level with him. 
and uh, got me, you know, just kind of like recorrected my course because I think I was like I knew about God and and was kind of walking with God maybe before he was. Um, but just, just still, you know, I just kind of faded away because of the people that I was surrounded by that stuff aside, um, that stuff aside, I don't know if I said that, uh, you know, that dream to be a youth pastor shaped, uh, shifted, shifted <laughs> into, um, you know, me wanting to be in, um, what was it? So just something in communications, but specifically in PR, um, you know, I wanted to be a PR person. I wanted to, you know, represent someone. I just wanted to be someone that was important, you know, do an important job. I wanted to, I saw myself like being at a coffee shop and doing work and answering phone calls, uh, but just like l doing what I wanted to do while working. You know, I can do my work in a coffee shop. I can do my work in a library. I could, you know, do it on the bus or whatever. And, uh, and I just wanted to do that, you know, and, um, and I wanted to use my voice as my job because I'm a good talker. Um, that's why you're listening to me right now. And so, um, you know, that dream then started to slowly fade away because I just, I didn't have any training. I didn't, there's a bunch of different reasons. I didn't have enough conviction. I didn't have enough know-how. Like there's so many reasons why it just, it didn't happen yet. Um, now is it too late? But by no means, um, I have a lot of ground to cover. Um, not only in just real life applicable work, but in confidence and, and understanding connections, everything, money. There's just so many things that are, you know, that I have to make up ground on, um, which isn't an excuse, just kind of keeping it real. Um, but what happens is uh, those old rotted kind of those dreams, we, we allow the shame and the guilt that we've allowed to form having not done what we wanted to do or said that we were going to do hold us back. We've allowed those things to kind of keep us where we are and um, the shame t attached to our quote unquote failure um, creates a, a new pathway in our brain, which is essentially a learned um, failure, right? So sorry, a learned response to failure. So, um, you know, I didn't become what I wanted to become. I tried something else. I didn't become that. Uh, I was in school to work on, you know, maybe finding another launching pad. The school thing didn't work out. Um, you know, I was connected to some people. Those people walked away from me. That didn't work out. Went to church. People in the church, you know, kind of just turned away from me at different points of time. Um, that didn't work out. And so all these dreams and all these chances to, to be connected to someone who could fuel my dreams just kept moving. Um, last legs I was standing on and, you know, my mom and dad left. And, you know, so that just kind of that pathway, you know, even though they weren't really doing anything when they were here to help me out, um, that didn't work out, you know? And so like, I'm just getting all these, these, uh, stepping stools removed from me and more shame, more guilt, more, more self doubt. All these different things are just being attached to my broken dreams. And, and not only that, but my, if there was any part of me that had hope that I was going to come out of it and create or do something better, that was also very quickly shrinking as well and fading just as quickly as the dreams were. Um, so not only was I not achieving what I wanted to, but I didn't have any more confidence or hope that I was going to do those things anyways. So I was becoming even more stuck. Um, and I'm seeing this now um, that I'm saying it out loud, but uh, what you have to do is kill the shame and the doubt and, and again, the fear. Um, but the, specifically, um, because this is step number two, the shame, and the guilt and the doubt attached to your perceived failures, because they're not failures. 
Um, and here's what you need to know in order to kill these things. The first thing is um, you have to understand life. Um, a lot of people look at life, especially when we have dreams and hopes. Um, we life is is large. Life is huge. Life is is limitless, right? The amount of things that we can do in this lifetime is literally infinitesimal. Um, it's it, there is no end to what we can create in this lifetime. And when we're starting out, and you know, if you don't have like specific goals and all these different timelines and things hindering you, you can see the world for how grand it is. And what happens is we chart a course in our life, um, just something that we want to do, places that we want to go. And <clears throat> so now you have this huge wide open space called life. And now you have a fine pathway of things that you want to do. So now you're starting to build a road for yourself. Um, so stick with me through this analogy because I think it's going somewhere. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're walking on this road and these things that you want to do can only be done in certain, you know, in certain time frames, right? So that place that you wanted to go, you only have so much time to do it. You know, I'm, maybe I'm having a family or I'm starting school or I'm moving away or whatever it is. Um, so I can only do it between here and here, right? So now that road has just shortened up a bit. Um, or, um, you know, this these, the doors to this opportunity is closing. So now that road maybe isn't shortened, but it's splitting off into another path. Um, and so now our world is starting to shrink, right? Because the things that we're wanting to do um, is seemingly in our mind, it's limiting us, right? And so um, rather we're limiting ourselves because of the things that we want to do. So in our minds, we're looking at this great expanse of life and we're putting caps on it by saying, I want to do this, but I can only do this within this time and this time. So take school, for instance, biggest one. Um, I am now 30 and I'm still waiting to graduate with my bachelor's degree and I keep replaying um, something that happened a while ago. So this was maybe 20, 2020, sorry, um, 2011, I believe. Um, I was working at this call center. I was uh, like a CPA, basically. Um, and uh, just as clear as day, this memory is burned into my brain. But um, one of the quality assurance and uh, ladies was talking to um, an older lady. She must have been in her lower 50s. Um, and she basically, I maybe just started paying attention to the end of the conversation, but I heard her say, um, whether you graduate now or, you know, three to, uh, three years from now, you're still going to graduate, right? You're still going to have it. Um, and she was like, don't limit yourself based off of time because your goal is to have this thing. So don't stop that goal until you have that thing, right? And um, she was like, whether it's now or, or 10 years from now, you know, you're still going to have it. But So why not just do it now? Um and, uh, you know, so the, the point that she was uh, making is, you know, she, that, that lady felt fear. I'm sure she felt fear because I knew the lady she was talking to. Um, and that lady had quite a bit of self-doubt, um, even though she was older. Um, and it's probably because she was working in call center, but that's neither here nor there. And so, um, um, you know, uh, so I guess the point that I'm making is remove the, the limits. You know, if there's something that you say you want to do. Um, remove the the filter off of those items. You know, the thing that says I can only do this within this time and this time. Right. So I wanted to graduate. I wanted to have kids before I was or at least by 25. I told myself that when I was 17, I wanted to have a family. I wanted to settle down. I wanted to I wanted everything. I wanted to do so many different things. And um, I passed that time limit and I felt fear. I felt shame and doubt because I'm like, man, my, I passed my time limits like I can't do it now. And now I'm 30 and I'm like, man, there's I, I don't have 
any of the things that I wanted to have at this point in my life to justify being this old, you know what I mean? And so, um, but if I, if anybody else, a therapist, for instance, were listening and had to give me feedback, they would say, um, you're just getting started. You know, your journey's not over. Um, as long as you draw breath in your lungs, you still have time to do the things that you want to do. Right. And, and so the same is true for everybody else out there is that this great expanse of life cannot be shortened because of the, the time limits or the, the restraints that you place on yourself. Because the truth is, let's say that I put that time limit on myself and I give myself another year to say, if I'm going to graduate school and if not, then I'm just a nobody. Right. But what if I graduate just a couple of weeks after that? Right. Am I still a nobody or am I happy now because I got what I wanted to do? You know, and so um, the point in that is that uh, sometimes we start to rob ourselves of joy. We start to rob ourselves of our peace. We start to steal. A, um, we start to introduce anxiety and depression into our lives because we're placing all of these tight restraints and limits and borders and boundaries around the things that we want to achieve. And we say that if I don't have these things by this point in time, then this is what my life is worth. Right. But your life isn't worth what you achieve. Your life is worth what you know, who you who you become, what you've learned, how much you grow, um, the things that you um, start to break off of your life and the things that you start to build up in your life. Like our life isn't a sum of, you know, I've gotten this, I've gotten this degree. And it, just to go even further, I am uh, like, I, I'm not impressed by accolades. I'm not impressed by status. None of those things bother me in the, in the slightest, right? Like, that whole popularity thing in school is what started that, you know, and, um, we, we fell into this trap of this person's popular, this person's not. And then that grows into this person's cool. Cause I have this, right. So, you know, the jock, you know, has the letterman jacket and, um, they're cool because they have the trophies and this person's cool because they, you know, they won these awards and, you know, and then that grows to this person's cool because they got this degree. And, you know, the person that has this degree is better than this person who doesn't, um, and then we wear that as status symbols and this represents who I am, you know? And so a lot of people's character is based off of the things that they've achieved in their life. And that's bullshit, right? Like I, I don't care who I'm sitting across from the table. You know, if that person has a, you know, so let's consider actors and actresses, right? Like those people are viewed as higher status than we are because they're making more money. They've achieved more personal, you know, awards and successes than we have. Some of us anyways. Um, and the world celebrates those people. Like our culture celebrates personal successes in general, the things that we view as cool and worthy and all that <clears throat> one is linear across the board, but two is worthy of that affection. And the people who don't have those things, we basically just shun and we push away. And so the reason why I hate those accolades so much is because of what it's doing to the people that don't have them, you know, and it, it allows people to treat other people as less than. And so you see that everywhere. It's almost ingrained finally into people's DNA. And sometimes they don't even realize it, you know. And so the way that you climb away from all of that pressure is by one, ignoring that because there's nothing you can do about it. Those people are going to be who they are until they decide to stop being shitty people, um, which God bless them. You know, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but that's not your responsibility to trip about, um, you know, start to start, start to remember who you were before all of the pressure of those things, you know, and then just start telling yourself like, this is not whether I have this thing or not, it doesn't make me, you know, like think about the, the, the ways that you make people happy. You know, the, 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 the time that people love spending with you, 
um, apart from all those things that you don't have because nobody cares really, you know what I mean? And the people who do care aren't people that need to have an opinion in your life anyways, or no, they don't need to have um, weight or gravity over the way that you feel about yourself. So um, that's the first way. It's just, um, yeah, distancing yourself from the people who care too much. Um, and then understanding that, oh, so sorry, the point was understanding how life works. And so <laughs> we're making it around. Um, so life isn't a sum of, of those things. It's simply just learning along the way, right? So if you're learning how not to do something, um, you're going to eventually stumble on how to do it right, and then you're going to achieve it right. You just have to give yourself time, and that's something that we don't do. We don't give ourselves a break. We don't give ourselves time. We don't give ourselves a break every now and then or, you know, the benefit of the doubt. We we beat ourselves up, and we are our worst critics, and if I don't have this thing, then, man, I suck, you know, and um, you just have to, again, counter that, counter that with just opposite thoughts. Like, people don't positive self-talk enough, and that breaks my heart, but... Um, I'm actually going to end it with that, and I'm just going to pick it up um, next session because this is a series, and I don't have to force it. So um, I truly hope this helped someone, at least one person out there, because it's probably only one person listening right now. And um, I will see you guys next week. So thank you so much for listening. If you haven't heard it today um, or tonight, whenever you're listening, you are loved because I love you, and so does God. We all love you, me and God, all of us. <laughs> Apparently there's like four people in that, but... If you're a Christian, you got that. So, um, anyways, thank you. For